this week, okay, last week what we spoke about was, did I just stick this here? Oh, maybe it's okay. Last week what we spoke about was how much somebody would appreciate, like the importance of tzitzis as they relate to sneas or avoiding, avoiding immorality, both. Um, that was Rav Hirsch had a passionate discussion about um, staying away from immorality and particularly this idea of save yourself the battle, meaning for men that would include things like, <clears throat> well, did I say last week? Because it was last time, which was like a month ago. <laughs> things like not reading or looking at lewd content, not looking at women who aren't clothed, not reading the wrong things, Shmira Senayim in general. Other things that help prevent somebody from going in the direction of thinking about sin, which then leads them there, which is definitely a theme of this paragraph on Shema. Um, and in particular for women, the women's, the women's side of that, he says, is um, being, number one, of course, how they dress, but also the power, the power of how they dress and also who they approve and disapprove of. If the girls make the boys feel like they um, don't respect somebody who behaves immorally, then the boys are much more likely to try and impress them by behaving morally. Mm -hmm. So there is a power there of rejection and acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, and he reminds them also that the redemption of the Jewish people depended once on the women were not dependent, was brought about by the women then and will be brought about by the women now, and that the wish that someday there will be, uh, paraphrases a verse, that Israel's youths and maidens will once again bloom forth like the olive tree's blossoms, so that Israel will be a garden of God and his name's planting. And that we also brought from a different aspect of Rav Hirsch and his Chorev on Tzitzis, um, the idea that anyone who has struggled with any of these issues will be so will rejoice in God providing a cogent help and the idea that you would first feel the need for it and then because you felt the need you grasp it with all the more joy and it is rendered more meaningful to you which was similar to what we were talking about in general about Pesach the idea of questions leading to answers make the answers much more powerful and that turns out to be really the same pattern as the idea of tzitzis, where if tzitzis are only obligatory if you are wearing the four-cornered garment. Therefore, it's if you feel you need it. You have, there's an, a level of voluntary opt-in to tzitzis, and yet it's expected that everyone will, will keep the mitzvah. And that is because there needs to be the element of, I feel I have a need. And therefore, this is the answer to my need, and I am excited, and I grasp onto it enthusiastically because I need it. Okay, so that, that was what we talked about last time. This week, 
That was Tzitzis al Kanfe Vigdehem Lidorosam. You should say to the Jewish people, they shall make tzitzis, fringes, strings, on the wings or on the corners of their garments for their generations. And this week, we're going to talk about Vinasnu al tzitzis hakanaf, and they shall place on the tzitzis hakanaf, on the strings that are on the corners, pesil, a strand, techeles, of blue, light blue or sky, Rav Hirsch calls it sky blue, um, also because of the Klayakar, which we'll see, and which I know we talked about once, maybe a long time ago in Parsha Shalach, but it's long enough ago that I decided we'll do it again. Okay. So first of all, there are really two mitzvahs in this verse. Uh, we're doing the second half, or the third half <laughs> of a verse. <laughs> Possibly the fourth half of the verse. <laughs> Um, but there, there are two mitzvahs here. So first we had Dabero B'nei Israel. Well, I guess that's a mitzvah to Moshe. Speak to the Jewish people, ve'amarta alehem, and say to them, ve'asulahem tzitzis al-kanfei v'gdeim l'dorosam. And they will make for themselves tzitzis on the corners of their garments for all generations. V'nosnu, so that is the mitzvah to put strings on the corners of the garment. V'nosnu al tzitzis hakanaf, and you should put on the tzitzis that are on the corners, psil techeles, a strand of blue. Which means there are actually two mitzvahs. One is to put tzitzis on the garment, and one is to put a blue string on the tzitzis of the garment. And because it's two separate mitzvahs, they are not me'akev one the other. They do not prevent each other. Which means you don't need both to fulfill the whole mitzvah. It's two different mitzvahs, and you can do one even if you don't do the other, which is fortunate for us because we don't have techeles, but you can still do the mitzvah of tzitzis. So you can do ve'asu lahem tzitzis al kanfei v'gdehem l'dorosam, even though you can't do ve'nasnu al tzitzis al kanaf techeles. That's the first point. That's a gemara in Menachos, Lamed Ches. Ha-techeles eina me'akeves es halavan. The techeles does not hold back the white, and the white does not hold back the techeles. I'm not sure exactly... What, what the case would be where someone would have a string of techeles, especially since it has to be on the tzitzis of the kanaf and not have the tzitzis, I'm not sure. The only thing I can think is maybe if you made tzitzis, tzitzis can become puzzle after you make them. They have to be long enough at the beginning, and after that they get torn, which happens a lot, especially with little kids. They get stuck in a bike chain and things like that. So they, they lose, <laughs> they gradually get shorter. Um, and at some point it becomes puzzle, but for quite a long time it's still okay. So maybe there's some point where it would become puzzle and you still would have the techeles. I, I'm, I'm completely hypothesizing here. I have actually no idea halakhically what the case is where you could have the techeles and not have the white. But <laughs> that's the Gemara says that they don't hold each other back. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering practically how that would play out. Certainly we know perfectly well how it plays out with the white. The, the blue doesn't hold back the white. Okay. The next interesting point here, which is not mentioned uh, directly in the verse, I suppose, is on the tzitzis. Now, tzitzis, remember, meant like flowing out or sprouting out. On it is a seal, uh, a cord, or a string of blue. So it comes out that the halacha is, and if you can visualize tzitzis, so the top third is wrapped. It's called, in, in another verse, in Shemos, uh, I think it's in Shemos, it's called a gadil. Gadil means like a, 
a plated cord or a rope. So it doesn't have to be actually braided, but it means it's thicker. You, you took a string and you made it thicker by wrapping another string around it, just what a tzitzis looks like. Right? So the first third is gedil, is corded or wrapped, and the two-thirds are anaf, free-hanging, free which is also based on a Gemara and Menachos Lamates. Now this has some interesting, this whole idea of the pasil, the string. There's this string of techeles. That, that's kind of our topic today. Next time we could talk about, we're going to talk about techeles itself. This is the string aspect of the text. So a couple of things. One is we've seen the word pasil before. We mentioned it before. I think I may have mentioned it also last time, which is pasil is considered to be one of the, it's one of the possible roots of the word tefillah, prayer. So, for example, in Bereshis, do I have a Bereshis? I have only an English translation. In Bereshis Memches, uh, I think it's Yaakov says to Yosef, I never thought I would see your face again, and here Hashem has shown me your children as well. And the word, I never thought I would see your face again, is palalti. Like, I didn't contemplate. Pilalti, sorry. So pilalti is the root of lehis palel. Palel, I mean, the root is not ptil, the root is palel. And it gets conjugated differently. So if we say according to that, which I think is an explanation of revolbi on the rashi, on the word pilalti, Lehis palel means to cause yourself to think. Okay, so Rav Hirsch and Chorev, we mentioned this once a long time ago, talks about the meaning of the word tefillin. He says tefillin are a tool for tefillah in the same way that tehillim are a tool for tehillah. Tehillah is praising God. So tehillim are a tool for tehillah which means the word tefillin is that it's a tool for tefillah. That fits together so much more neatly if you think about the word tefillah as meaning a process of causing yourself to think, doing something that will help you think or focus, because tefillin, one of the things they are, is on the top of your head, which is where you do your thinking. So tefillin are a tool that helps you with your thinking, to, to cause yourself to think. Now we're going to go back to the very beginning of when we talked about this paragraph where the Orachayim said, Hashem, Moshe asked Hashem, if the Jews aren't wearing tefillin on Shabbos, how will they remember to do the mitzvos? Because the tefillin will cause you to think. They'll make you think about Hashem. They'll make you think about the elevated you know, parts of yourself. They'll focus you on your thinking, not just on your gut reactions. So Moshe said, how will, they cause, how will they remember the mitzvahs? And Hashem said, tzitzis, which is, by the way, the same pattern again, which then we hadn't talked about, the pattern of, I see there's a need. I have a need. We, we need the tzitzis, and Hashem, when we ask, then Hashem says, ah, well, here's, this, here's the answer for you. It's tzitzis, that same idea. The times we have to feel the need and ask for the need, and, and then we see that what Hashem has given us, in fact, resolves our need. So the tzitzis are the answer. If you don't have tefillin, but you will have a pisil tzacheles, a ptil, which is from the same root. 
So the tzitzis include a pasil, which is the same root, and the purpose of them is to cause you to think. That's explicit in the Pasuk. You will see them and you will remember the mitzvahs of Hashem and do them. That's the next Pasuk, not this one. So that, that's like an interesting aspect of the pasil. A pasil is something that causes you to think. Okay. Now, just as we had with the idea of the tzitzis, hello! Just like we had with the tzitzis, tzitzis was a word that means like peering or peeking, or it can mean growing or sprouting. Those are kind of the two main. Oh, squeaky. Hello. Nice to see you. Good to see you more feeling well and alert and interested in coming to share. So happy. So tzitzis meant sprouting, like a like an like a tzitz, like a sprout. Or tzitzis can also mean peering, and the idea is the same thing. The idea there is being in one zone or one plane, and able to reach through to the other side. So metzitz minacharakim, peering through cracks. It lets you see what's on the other side, even though you're on this side. It lets you extend the reach of your vision beyond where you really are. And sprouting is also the same thing because the base of the plant is in one place and it can now reach out from, let's say, underground and now it reaches out into a whole new world above ground with the tzitz part, with the sprouting part. And tzitzis as well. We said tzitzis are on the corners of the garment and they sprout out and flow out from the garment. All of a sudden they extend the garment out into another plane. So the concept of tzitzis is something that lets you reach from one plane really into another, where you aren't really. Now this topic, this is the one that I really wanted to go to. <laughs> this is like very tied in with Nadav and Avihu, but I think we're going to, I'm going to try and be patient and wait until the next verse because I think it will help us more there. But let's say one idea is, and this is similar, the idea of a psil, a string, the idea of the psil techeles, a string, a strand of techeles, it's, in this case, we're picturing it as something that dangles from one place down into another. It's something you can hold on to. Whereas the word tzitzis describes more the pushing out into the other plane, the psil is that lifeline that we talked about before. Hashem extends a chut shel chesed, a line of chesed, or the idea that... Um, that the mitzvos are given to us like a like a rope that the the captain throws overboard for the person who's fallen overboard. He says, "Hold on to the rope." Okay, that's the psil. It's something that extends from one plane into another plane, and you can hang on to it. And in this way, you are connecting yourself by the by holding on tightly, which requires your own volition, which is also the aspect of tzitzis. Right, that's why the, the captain in that medrash keeps saying, hold on to the rope. Right? Why? Because you have to put your energy into holding on. But when you do put your focus in holding on, you can attach yourself to a plane that you are not in. You are really in the ocean drowning. But by holding on to the rope, you attach yourself to the boat. You may not be able to get into the boat, but eventually you might get into the boat because you're staying tied to it. 
So the psil techeles is describing a different aspect of that sprouting out, which is you can hang on to it from that other plane and connect yourself to something higher where you aren't yet really, which is also, I suppose, an aspect of tefillah, right? That God extends to us this ladder down from heaven, like in Yaakov's dream, that, you know, Yaakov himself doesn't climb the ladder, right? But he realizes that he himself becomes the ladder. You can, you can reach up and you can hang on to something that isn't really where you are. So this idea also comes up, the idea of connecting to people who are greater than you. We would, in English, they would call that holding on to the coattails of somebody else, not the tzitzit strings. Right? The idea that you, you try and connect, it doesn't mean you're at that level. But if you hang on to somebody who is, you're, at least you won't get separated so far. You won't drift away too far in the meantime. There's also an idea, and I, I don't seem to have put the source in here. There could be another time. I'll try and find it. Um, I know I saw it once in Arya Kaplan, and I saw it also in the Chafetz Chaim on the Sitter, but for some reason I'm not I lost the page. There's an idea that's brought in a Gemara. It might be the Gemara in Shabbos Lamed Beis. I'm not sure. But you know what? I might have it in... It may be on the same page in the Yalkut as that Chut Shal Chesed. Now that I think about it, I don't know if I can find that so fast either. Doesn't look like it. Alright, I can't find it so fast. So quickly. An idea that in the future, at the end of days, when Mashiach comes, that there will be some number, it's it's a lot. I just don't remember the number. Numbers of non-Jews hanging on to the tzitzis of the Jews. I really think it is in this Gemara, but I don't know that I could find it. All right. Which is like such a strange image. But when you see it in light of what tzitzis, what the psil, what the tzitzis lets you do, it's a way of hanging on to somebody else, to, to a plane where you yourself didn't get to. So then it makes sense. It's not that it's demeaning. We want to strive to do basically the same thing, which is hang on tight to somewhere who's, go who's going where you're going. My grandmother used to give us directions. My grandmother, my father's mother, gave the best directions ever for driving or for anything. And in her later years, she became legally blind. But she had lived in the same area for so many years, and she had great directions. So we would drive, and she would sit in the front seat, and she would tell us where to go. And she'd say, now, I can't see the signs, but somewhere around here there would be a sign that says Rutherford, you know. And we'd say, yes, okay, that's right. There's a sign that says Rutherford. She's going to go to it. So there was one time we were trying to get through, like, the Holland Tunnel. Holland Tunnel. So this is complicated. You have to know where to turn, whatever. My grandmother says, follow that car. He's going where we're going. And Robert said, how do you know he's going there? She says, I don't know, I just know. She says, my mother used to say the same thing, and it would drive Grandpa Julius crazy. She would say, follow that truck. He's going where we're going. Like, well, what if he's not? She'd say, no, no, he is. <laughs> and I remember my grandma, follow that car. He's going where we're going. So that's really, you know, hang on to that. It says, he's going where you want to go. So if you want to get there, hang on, and they'll bring you along. Okay. So this is, this is again, an extension of, extension of the idea of tzitzis, 
the idea of reaching beyond the plane where you are um, in two directions. One is sprouting beyond the confines of the four corners of the garment, and the other is that when, when someone has done that, then someone who hasn't done that can hang on to that which has reached beyond and be pulled along with it. Okay. Now, Rav Schwab brings some interesting points here. He says, first of all, and this is based on Rav Hirsch, we're going to talk about it in more detail, the garments themselves, the fact you put tzitzis on a garment, the garment itself is really an aspect that is applicable to all of mankind. We all need clothing. That goes back to Gan Eden. We have the clothing. The tzitzis is something that extends beyond that common need. You don't need tzitzis, right? That's the whole point of tzitzis. You don't need tzitzis. It extends beyond the common need. That, that tzitzis on the garment is the higher moral calling of a Jew. That is Kabbalah's mitzvos. The fact that we accept mitzvos, that we have more mitzvos, right? Instead of seven mitzvos, we have another 606 mitzvos, like Rus, right? This is, this is the extending beyond the, the task or the reach or the, the effort of everybody else. Okay, I just want to make a note to Whoever it is always has to turn around here. Whether it's the garbage, anybody. Okay, see. Oh, yeah, today's street cleaning day. Okay. Okay, so therefore, he says one image that we see in Sitsis is Derech Eretz Kadmalatora. It's not Sitsis by themselves. Tzitzis have to be an add-on, an extension to the clothing. So derech eretz is something that's basically universal. Whether you mean derech eretz in terms of human decency and dignity, the normal, proper ways to behave, or whether you mean derech eretz even in terms of like parnasa and your sort of weekday life, that has to be there first before you can have an extension of a higher calling to be v'isem kedoshim le'elokechem, holy to God. So when we look at tzitzis, we're reminded that our membership in Klal Yisrael, which is acceptance of the mitzvos, extends our humanity to a higher moral calling. It's not instead of being part of the human race. It's an extension on top of being part of the human race. <coughs> he also says, and I saw this separately in a Maharal, so I assume that that's where it's from. He says the white strands represent mitzvos losase, not doing, which is because white also goes with purity, meaning lack of sin. When they're red, represents sin. White means lack of sin. It's clean of sin. So that's mitzvah's losase, meaning you didn't do something wrong. Whereas the blue, the tcheles, represents the ase, the, the tara, the, the beauty of what has been done. So it's something that's added on there, and it represents, so, that, okay. So when you see them, you will remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem and perform them, the blue and the white, are two different, one is the mitzvah's losase and one is the mitzvah's ase. Furthermore, right, we've talked about this is, we accept, it's something that as a community we accept it on and the tzitzis themselves we accept on. The tzitzis 
have, wait, we said at the beginning, it's one-third knotted and wound and two-thirds hanging free. He says, when we look at tzitzis, they're reminding us of mitzvos. We look at tzitzis, we see mitzvos. Mitzvos ase, mitzvos los ase. That's the winding around. It's restricting us. It's tying us. It's restricting us to what we need to be. You create something. Tzitzis are actually very beautiful if you look at them. You create something beautiful out of them. You know, the original macrame, like, <laughs> right? But in the end, even though our lives are controlled by the parameters of mitzvos that are represented by the knots and the windings, there's still two-thirds free. There's still two-thirds that is free for us to choose how to behave. That it isn't just bound by, okay, now you do this, now you do that. There's an aspect where this is what you have to do, and that's a big chunk of our lives. But there's a lot of time in our day that's where we got to figure out how to use it. And that's the free-flowing side of the mitzvahs. Oh, somebody's phone. Which is such an interesting way to think about it. Now, I have no source beyond what I just told you for the next thing. I'm just going to point out that the one-third, two-thirds has come up over here before. It's a little bit striking. Because you have one-third and two-thirds also with the mezuzah in Shema. You put a mezuzah at the, at, at the bottom boundary of the first third of the doorway, and then the other two-thirds not. And Shema itself is broken into two-thirds and one-third. You have the first two paragraphs, and then you have this third one, which is sort of like, should you be saying it, should you not? Like at night, do you say the third? There's whole discussions in the Gemara. This optional tzitzis paragraph, which is required because it's Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, but it's optional because it's tzitzis, is also a separate piece from the other two. It's not even in the same place. We all have to and Vahaya are both in Devarim, and they're right near each other. And Vayomer is over in Bamidbar. It's a completely different. So you also have this two-thirds, one-third aspect, both in tzitzis and in mezuzah and in shema, which are all right over here. So my guess is that there's a common theme that's deeper. But since this is the only source I have about it, I don't really know where you would go with that from it. But it's an interesting, interesting but, thing. Very likely. Very likely. Very likely. And especially because it's three and it's really four, because the first sentence of Shema is also a little bit set off from the other part. Very likely, but I don't know what it is. Okay, so now some ideas from the Maharal, and then I want to go into Rav Hirsch, like more fully on, on this topic specifically of the pasil, of the string hanging out. Okay, so this, this is a Maharal from Nesiv Osolam. Nesiv Havodetesvav. You should see them and you should remember all the mitzvahs, which is not really the puzzle we're on, but the mitzvah of tzitzis Hashem has given to man in order that he can purify and make tahor, his body, from lowness. And therefore the Pasuk says, when you wear tzitzis, you'll see them and remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. The mitzvahs are the maise haguf. Mitzvahs are that which we do with our body for the overwhelmingly great part. Mitzvahs are something we act on. So that's referring specifically to the body. And he says we explained it elsewhere with ner mitzvah the Torah or. Okay. A candle is a mitzvah and the light is the Torah. When a person sees tzitzis coming out from his clothing, so the clothing is like the body of the clothing and the tzitzis is this extending out from it, he will remember all the mitzvahs. Why? 
because tzitzis is lashon tzitzasade, a plant of the field. This is all kind of what we've already learned about. It's something, it is called that because, so now he's going to give a deeper meaning. Meaning we said, we, we learned already, I think it was Rav Hirsch, who said that tzitzis is the word tzitzasade, a plant that it sprouts out from the ground. But the Maharal gives another level to that. He says it is called that because who yotze el hapoal min ha'adama. Tzitz, the sprouting, what's the sprouting? The, the inyan, the concept of the sprouting of tzitz is something which comes into poal, not fruition, um, into actuality from the ground. When you say something comes from the koach el hapoal, it comes from potential to actualization. So when it's underground, the seed is only potential. The tzitz, the sprouting of it, is that potential turning into something actualized and realized and made, made tangible. Which means that the Adam, the person, he's the Adama. Adam is Adama, it's the same word. So he, his body is his Adama. And the mitzvos that sprout from him are the yitzia el hapoa, are the coming into actualization. A person is all potential, but it's amazing. Yeah. These are the mitzvos that bring a person into actualization. And therefore it says you will remember all the mitzvos of Hashem because it is through all these mitzvos of Hashem that you become Adam el hapoa. You become a person who's Who's actually, who actually has an impact. So when you see the tzitzis coming out of the clothing, you remember that you too need to come out from your, from your four-cornered plot of earth. That there's, you have to reach out and you have to do in order for it to be achieved something. Yeah. Okay. This is another maharal. This is in the Gurari. Hashem says you should make tzitzis al kanfei vigdehem on the corners of the clothing of their clothing. Bila says something similar. The fact that the tzitzis are on the corners, the corners themselves are kind of the furthest extension, meaning you reach as far as you can, the mitzvahs allow you to reach something beyond that. So it's sort of a reach beyond the reach. Okay. So now Rav Hirsch, Rav Hirsch really ties it all together. He takes all these ideas together. He says, what is the meaning and purpose of the tzitzis? And really, it's explicit in the verses, but of course, only in the way that he sees it. <laughs> and not only the way he sees it, but the way he sees it and has learned it. Um, the one piece you need to know that we didn't mention yet is that we talked about that it's uh, one-third tied and two-thirds free, and it's on the corners. But the, tzitzis, the the string of techeles is actually you take four long strings and fold them over in half. And you loop that through the loop, and then you start tying. If you can imagine, tzitzis, there's always like a little hole in the corner of the garment. You feed the four strings of tzitzis through the hole and even them out, except for one which is much longer. That's like going to be the psil techeles when you have techeles. That's the wrapping one. And what you have, because it's folded over, you have eight strands, one of which is very long, but the other ones are all about equal. Okay, 
seven of the strands are white, and the long part is dyed treles, if you have treles. Okay, so it's seven white and one treles. So that's, that's like the background information that we didn't get to because we didn't talk about treles yet. Okay, so what is the purpose of treles? He says, first of all, it's clearly expressed in the verse. The tzitzis, which is sprouting, by them human clothes are to sprout, to achieve the blossom and fruit which lie in them as the purpose of their existence. It's entirely possible he got this from Maharal. If you hear, I, I mean, it's his words. It's not the Maharal. He has his way of expressing it his own way. It's not unusual. It's not unusual for me to find that Rav Hirsch was really quoting a Maharal, as, as, or somebody else, or Haim. I mean, but he doesn't necessarily say that's where it's from. Okay. So this is, it's the growing out, and it's achieving the potential. Okay. But now he says, what does that mean? That's Rav Hirsch. You can count it. What does that mean? Your clothes should not be unfruitful. They should be able to fulfill their purpose. The clothes themselves, there's something more that they can do. So now you have to say, well, what is it clothes are supposed to do? So he goes back to the historical origin, as he calls it. The relationship of clothing to moral human calling. I'm not going to read all of it first. I'll read quite a lot of it. So I heard this first from Rabbi Tatz, who also does not always quote his sources. I imagine it was also from this reverse, or wherever reverse saw it. Okay. He says, where did we get clothing from? So the first clothing was a response to the sin in Gan Eden. So you had first, um, they made themselves chagoros, and then Hashem dressed them with more clothing, and that all started with what? So the very beginning of the sin is, Vatere ha'isha, the woman saw kitov that the tree was good to eat, and that it was tempting to the eyes, and delightful or pleasurable for the mind. And he says, this is very striking. Man came to disregard the command of God because they strayed after their eyes and their hearts. It's exactly what happened with Chava. She looked at it, she desired it, she wanted it, and went for it. And they said, that was good. The woman says, oh, this is good. I'm defining good by what looks tempting. It's a very interesting piece from Rav Moshe Eisman, saying that was exactly what the snake was. How the snake is described as the king of the animals. Now, since then, it's the lion is described as the king of animals. But before that, it was the snake that was the king of animals. And as the king of animals, the Nachash was saying to Chava, because animals work by instinct, what seems good and feels good and what they lust, what they go after is what's good for them. There's no, there's no other definition of good or bad. If it looks good, it is good. If it doesn't look good, it isn't good. That's how they live. And that's what Chava took from the snake. That's what he convinced her of. So she looked, and it looked good to eat, so it's good. That's, that's because of the influence of the snake. So that is called going after the eyes and the heart, going for the satisfaction of senses and saying that that is what is goodness. That's the definition of goodness. And in doing this, they sank to the level of animal wisdom, which is indeed directed to place its judgment of what to desire and what to avoid on its own heart and eyes. That is how God created animals, and more or less it leads them right. That's correct. So then 
when they when they did sin and there was a feeling of shame, they cover the animal parts. The aspects that make you the same as animals, we cover. And the parts that make us different, the face and the hands, we leave uncovered. Okay. So the garments are that which help us keep constantly in mind that the human calling is something different and higher than that of animals. And that we are directed to submit our power of judgment as to what is good or bad to the dictates of a higher being. To God, of course, is what he means. But the, even the process of that should be the mind, which is, of course, the idea of Shema altogether, using our mind to control, to make our decisions. It's free will, which is the aspect of Tzalem Elohim altogether. That is the admonishment of clothes. He says, the admonishment of clothes, translated into words, could not be any more perfect than, look at this garment, uzechartem, and remember, as called mitzvah Hashem, the commandments of God, osam, and do those. And do not turn away after your heart, and after your eyes, which you stray after. He says, the, the Pasuk is exactly telling you how to ideally look at your clothes and the purpose of the clothes. It's expressed exactly. It's a response to what happened in Ganeda. Okay. So the tzitzis are coming out from the clothing to call your attention back, like that idea of seal which draws you back up to something else, to the garment itself. The garment is already giving that message. What that means then, though, is that the tzitzis has to extend beyond that message. There's something about tzitzis that extends beyond the message of the beget itself. Because the beget, first of all, is a universal human need. And this is a universal human message, really. It's given to Adam and Chava. It's for everyone. So there's something. On the one hand, the tzitzis has to remind you to, it's coming out of the garment, reminding you what the garment says. But on the other hand, it's something more than a garment. It's extension to the garment. Okay, so here he says, he explores it by saying, looking at the numbers, the six, the seven, and the eight, because it's eight strings. Mm -hmm. Now, one reason he, you're going to look at seven is because it's eight strings that are seven plus one. And the reason I believe he's going to look at six is because of what we learned this past Sukkot. We did a shear on Sukkot about Rav Hirsch's approach to six and seven. It was on Sukkot because of the Karbanos, and it tied in with Gog and Magog and with the Dor HaFlaga, building the, the Tower of Bavel. The idea of mankind is supposed to live in a world of seven, which is the perfection of nature. It's six days of creation and one day of spirituality. It is living with nature, but spiritually in the world. It's natural, but it includes, the natural includes the spiritual aspect of the natural, and that with the Dor HaFlaga, the non-Jewish world chose a world of six, which was not the, even post-Eden was not the, the human ideal. They should have been trying to live in seven, and they lived in six, and so it came to the Jewish people to pick up and go with the seven. So I believe that's why, if he's going to discuss seven and eight, why he goes back to also talk about six. Okay. After the most generally accepted tradition, the number of tzitzis threads is eight. Of these, seven are the tzitzis hakanaf, that are lavan, they're white. Now, white here actually means 
the, he says, is the color of the garment. I mean, we always make them white, but theoretically, they could be whatever color the garment is itself. They could be the same material, even. That the, it has to be a separate string, but it's a separate white meaning not dyed, not changed from the color that it was. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a different color. So it, those seven, wait. So the seven strings that are lavan, that are white, are referring you back to the idea contained in the garment itself. But to these, there is an eighth. There is a psil techeles, a sky blue thread that's attached to that. And after they have been firmly attached to the corner, corners of the garments by tight knots, the seven white and eighth techeles threads are wound together to make a cord of a third the length, the firm third made permanent by tight knots, the remaining two-thirds left to hang freely down. All of this teaches the firm energy we have to use to live up to the admonition of clothing, which is also an interesting way of thinking about it, that the tying tight, he says, is like we have to tie tight, we have to hold tight, to the process of the clothing, even at the natural level. Six, seven, and eight. Okay. So now the editor has added a bracket. I don't even see an end bracket, so I'm not sure where it was meant to be. I don't know where the end bracket was meant to be. Okay. He says that in general, about the symbolism of the number seven, that seven expresses completion, consummation. This is something we know in the work of creation where the visible material world is created in six days and the seventh day bonds together. Maharal also talks about, let's say, if you have a cube, so it has six sides, front, back, left, right, top and bottom. And then there's the center, which is the space inside. It's not the tangible part of the cube. It's not the visible part of the cube, but it's what holds it together in the shape of a cube as opposed to just six separate squares. So the seven is what holds together the six. So this is similar, the number seven in the menorah, in the Beis HaMikdash, the number seven with Musaf offerings, the number seven with sprinkling blood on Yom Kippur, the number seven as it comes up on Pesach and Sukkot and Shabbos and Shemitah, Tumantara. This is throughout Rav Hirsch's writings. The number eight, okay, so the number eight is starting afresh on a higher level, like an octave higher. Right? You get back to Do again, or you get back to C again, but it's higher. It's not the same one as before. It's the same note, but it's higher, which is interesting because we know about the idea of eight, meaning the supernatural, but it's a different way of thinking about it. It's the supernatural, and yet it's following the same pattern, but it's higher, which is, in fact, what we know. When you think about the levels of the world that we've talked about with the, with the um, Asiya and Yitzira and Bria and Atsilus, what we're talking about is things which are the same thing only expressed in a higher level or possibly the other way down, right? There's a Shefa Bracha from above and here's how it looks as it, it looks different at each level and yet it's the same thing, but it looks different. 
So, and one level it's a malach of something, and another level it's a physical expression of it. But it's the same thing, just that's how it looks at the level. So this idea that the number eight is starting fresh on a higher level. So the eighth day of Mila, Shmini Atzeres, which is specific to the Jewish people, right after the whole Sukkot of seven, which is all the karbanos for all the nations, and on the eighth day, Hashem says, please stay one more day to his special children. In other words, uh, by the way, the, the Mishkan also, this week's Parsha, this week's Parsha, which <laughs> somebody pointed out, oh, uh, Yosef Beit Halachmi pointed out, he said, Parsha Shmini, there's no Parsha you read more this year. I don't know if it's every year like this. Because you finished this, the way it worked out with Pesach on a Friday night. So on Pesach, you read a special Pesach reading. So there were two weeks in a row where the Torah reading was Pesach reading. But meantime, there was the Monday and Thursday before, and there's also this Monday and Thursday, meaning it's been, it's been Parsha Shmini for like four weeks. They just keep reading Shmini over and over, right? So, Vayihi Hashmini, on the eighth day, that they're now going to start actually using the Mishkan. It's the beginning of a new world. It's kind of the same world, but it's on a whole new level. The world is not the same. This eight is the mission of the Jewish people. It's spiral, yeah. Eight is the creation of the Jewish people. It's a fresh and higher mankind. Same thing, but at a higher level, a new, a new possibility, a fresh and higher world, a new heavens, a new earth, for which Israel and its mission is the beginning and the instrument. That's a paraphrase from Yeshaya. Okay. So there's six, which is the physical bodies, the physical created world. That's our body. That's six. There's seven, which is the invisible aspect of our life, the breath of free will coming from Hashem who's not visible and through our neshama. But then there's something called eight, which is the special aspect of the calling of the Jew. And the calling of the Jew is intimately tied up with the historical choice of Israel. These are the three elements out of which the tzitzis threads show us to be woven. They're all woven into us and they all need to be realized through our actions. But two are the directing and ruling ones. The six has to be subordinate to the seventh and the eighth. The body itself has to be subordinate to the seven and the eighth. And they, the, the eighth string, which is the techeles, which is the aspect of the, the Jew, has to wind around and tie and control even the seventh. The being wound round by the bringing ourselves under control of duty is the first indispensable condition for carrying out our calling as human beings. The exercise of our power of freedom in moral matters, that makes us into human beings. It makes us worthy of wearing clothing, keeps the animal element in the background, and of its own free will subordinates itself to the human element in us. It's not a destruction, it's not a subversion, it's not a repressing, but it's a subordination. It's not that we're trying to destroy the animal, but it needs to be subordinate. Once the bodily sensuality has submitted itself to the bonds of duty through the divine and Jewish elements, it becomes equal to the other energies and should expand and develop, meaning you have the one-third bound and then two-thirds, and then two-thirds free. Meaning once you can subordinate the power of the physical, now you want to use it. 
That's, that is the, he's, he's now adding on a level to what the Maharal said, essentially. It's funny, because when you see the image of the tree, you have the roots. Hmm. It binds it, and then it spreads out from there. And there's also other Mephorshim would talk about the, the human being as like a tree, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. but that also we have a central sort of trunk. Well, we right. call it a trunk, but there's a central trunk from which extend right. out yeah, yeah. the other organs of action. Yeah. And so the six, the seven, and the eight now all can flow freely once the, the tying is done. But that eighth thread is the power of Judaism. And that is what's dipped into Chelas, which is the color of the sea, which is the color of the sky. It's the limits of human perception with which man can enter the realm of the supernatural. This, this is the aspect of the Judaism. It's reaching beyond the garment. The garment is universal. The tzitzis is saying there's something you reach for even beyond. You become fully actualized, and then they're still realizing out, even beyond that. So where are you going then? And where you're going is into the world of eight. That's where the, the psil techeles, the, the string of blue, takes us to the revelation of God, which we can see in Torah and in the events of our history. He says this was also the main color used in the Beis HaMikdash, was this shade of Techeles. The Psil Techeles is sanctified as a symbol of Torah. It preaches how it is only by the one Torah of God, once given, never able to be abrogated or replaced by anything else. Because that's why the Techeles can't be replaced. If you don't have Techeles, you don't have Techeles. You can't use some other dye that makes the same color. We are able to accomplish our Jewish mission for mankind and find the bond and covenant of God with us. He's also saying something else, right? Like from the 13 principles of faith. The Torah won't be exchanged for another Torah and the Jewish people will not be exchanged for another nation. Tchelis will never be exchanged. That is an ongoing bond. So the eighth thread of tzitzis, whether waiting for the tchelis color or having it, awesome phrase, <laughs> the eighth thread of Tchelis, whether waiting for the Tchelis color or having it, stamps us all as Anshe Kodesh, men of holy calling, members of Mamlechas Kohanim Vigoy Kadosh, members of a special uh, Mamlechas Kohanim, a aristocracy of Kohanim. Okay. I'm going to skip a little bit over here, hopefully. Usually that doesn't work out so well. <laughs> Just as God's educative love gave man the first garments, only after the feeling of shame had by itself awakened in him the necessity to cover his nakedness. It says, Vayas, they made themselves chagoros, and then Hashem made kosnos or vayalbishem. So we had to feel the need, and then Hashem provided the clothing. We felt the need and made belts. He, once we felt the need, then we're grateful for the clothing, which is exactly what he had said about tzitzis. Right? When you feel the need, and then you realize that Hashem has given you the tools that you require, you're grateful for them. So does he leave his command for tzitzis to be fulfilled by the free impulse of our feeling of the necessity to be educated. It is only after we have, of our own free will, clad ourselves with a four-cornered garment that the command of tzitzis applies at all. Again, going back to what he said before, the four-cornered garment is the der It's what everyone really needs to be achieving. But that feeling that I want something more, 
There's something, number one, you have to already have that, but number two is the yearning outward. That's the, the tzitzis yearn outward. That desire that I want to achieve something where there must be more to life than even seven. It's not just even that there's six and I've controlled that and I've got the seven, but isn't there more to that? Isn't there more than just this world? Even this world with spirituality. Is that it? Then it's over? Like you're done? So that when you feel the desire for something more than that of our own free will, then the tzitzis comes in and says, yes, there's kol mitzvot Hashem. There's actually a spiritual world and spiritual activities, and that's the task of the Jewish people. It is the kol Yisrael yeshlam chelik All Israel has a share in the next world. There's another whole world, but we have to want to reach to it. And then we find, and we discover, we rediscover all the mitzvot and the Torah and the gift that Hashem has given us in a whole new way. And we accept it. That's Kabbalah's mitzvot. We want them so much because we realize they give us the meaning and the purpose that we otherwise couldn't find. The sanctification of our lives to be brought about by tzitzis presupposes our own consciousness of requiring such a means of attaining holiness. The, the desire to be holy is um, that has to come from in ourselves. And this, this is a theme this is a theme that comes out in other places. A good example is Yosef. The desire for holiness that he held, right? That holiness is with restraint as well, right? That he held himself back, held himself back, held himself back, but it was literally a supernatural, it can't quite be done. The full control of the Yitzhak got to the point where he couldn't control himself and Hashem made him see an image of his father's face. That's the level of eight, meaning that you want and you want and you want to achieve holiness. And then there's level eight, which is the revelation of Hashem. It's his giving us the Torah, giving us the mitzvot. In the end, it's not something that we create. What we do is we discover it and recognize it and accept it gratefully because of our desire and our yearning for the holiness. So it's really, that's our free choice using our will, using our, our will in the most literal will, passionate will. I desire it so much. And in the end, it's Hashem who reveals it to us. And so we're grateful. But the will has to come from our side. So this is the, the seal, the string that causes us to think and to reflect, like the word tefillah. It's connected to tefillah. Something we can hang on to. It's coming from another world. It's not really from where we're holding. It's from a spiritual world on the other side of a barrier that we can't cross, but we can hold on to it. All these ideas really coming together is the same idea of the tzitzis. And um, next week we'll talk about tzitzis.